Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And I suggest you shut up and show more football. Come on, come on. understand what I'm trying to get at. Yes, he was a great player. Yes, he was a wonderful leader. But he wasn't a magician. I'll take a bow, son. I mean that. Take a Well, here we go again. And um, for me, I, I, a top-class competition so far. Yes. I've really enjoyed it, Andy. I think teams would appear to want to, to play mm-hmm. rather than sit Rather than have a, a, a keep ball session. A pass fest between mm-hmm. two centre-backs, yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been really good. Uh, I think the refereeing has been top class. And I, 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 Rather than VAR be used as a tool to beat up the referee with and control, yes. which happens in the Premier League, uh-huh. I think it's been used as, as something that can help the matchday officials. Decision-making has been quick. It's not been intrusive. And there's a message there for Mike Riley this is how you can use the technology in a way that brings even people like me on board. And me. That doesn't like that. But the beauty has been, Richard, we haven't sat every game thinking, right, when's it coming in now? What's it going to decide now? No, it's been used 90% of the time when I've seen it. And I've always said offside, fine. If we want to go down that route, that's that's fine. I'm happy to do that. That's great. That one's never bothered me. It's the others, the, the intrusion of well, everything it, else. It has bothered you because we get it wrong so often. Yeah. Yeah, but it's better, much better. And the way they've used it, it should be a lesson to Mike Riley and and, and his subordinates mm. that uh, this is the way forward. We're stuck with it, we're going to use it, then use it properly. Yes. The tournament, of course, has not been without drama uh, and, and it would only be right and proper for us both to take this opportunity on the podcast yeah. that we have, obviously, on Being Sports mm-hmm. and, and, and with a variety of different people, Andy, that have joined us in studios at different times to wish Christian Eriksen a very speedy oh, recovery. Uh, they were dreadful scenes and... Uh, uh, again, congratulations to everybody involved that, yeah. that quite literally brought him back. Yeah, saved his life. Which they did. Yeah. Um, 
It's always nice to welcome new listeners. We had a huge influx over this last week. As I mentioned last week, Andy, we're now part of the ACAST network okay. as a result of... Um, Instead of being cast. Y- yes, we're now the ACAST, <laughs> not the B-cast. <laughs> Instead of being cast. It means a whole lot of people have found us for the first time. And now you have. You're very welcome. But do go back and take a listen to past episodes, and I promise you you'll find some extraordinary stories and tales there. Uh, if you have found us for the first time, subscribe and follow us on whatever platform you get your pods on. Leave a nice review mm-hmm. and rate us, please. Five do stars. I, but you say leave a nice review. Do you want mm. a nice review or do you just want an honest review? Well, I think an honest review would be Thank a nice you. review. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, gee, very good. You Excellent. can follow us on Insta and Twitter at Keys and Graypod, A-N-D, Keys and Graypod. So wherever are, you are in Europe, welcome. Yep. Um, I, I always, Andy, at this point, like to offer you a, a, no, a, a right. number of clues to where our biggest my geography. spike in listeners was last okay. week. Yes. Right. I am home to the Sophia Cathedral, one of two UNESCO sites. Oh, Sophia's, uh, where's Sophia? No. You're wrong. You'll find the National Botanical Gardens in this city. My football team plays at the Olympic Stadium. Oh, Oh, it's either... uh, We've been there at different times. Well, it's either Rome or in Germany, which is the Olympic Stadium, Munich, Berlin. Yep, go on, keep going. Wrong. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My geography's gone this week. Uh, We're in Kiev in the Ukraine. Ah, And uh, welcome to all our listeners in the Ukraine. It's very nice to have your company. It was tough, that. It was was, was like a... That wasn't easy, in um, fairness. No, that wasn't easy. There was an eclectic bunch of clues there that didn't quite all fit together. Correct. Um, So, a number of matters this week to turn our attention to. Uh, I'd just like to say, I'm glad we've recorded this when we're recording it. Why? Well... I'm oh, ahead little, of Scotland. Um, yeah, I, I'm a little concerned. We are. We I, are I, can't, I can't deny. I'm a little concerned, fella. Well, we're speaking Friday morning, so nothing we say now will either be relevant mm. by the time most I listen know. to this or, or uh, necessary. Andy. So when when you listen to this, congratulations to Scotland on a momentous <laughs> victory. <laughs> no, I'd rather talk um, yeah. and express and explain some of the things I said on Being Sports earlier this week about the prospective appointment of Rafa Benitez to Everton. I I cannot think of a greater betrayal by the owners of a football club if Farhad Mashiri were to go down that line. you think it's that bad? I I like to believe, maybe incorrectly and maybe naively, that, that, that that suggestion was put into the public domain. In many ways, the government do it all the time. Yeah. They, they, get us, they, be, they beat us up and get us ready Stick for an announcement. In. So Stick by the time the announcement water. comes, you're not surprised. I like to think that Mashiri thought, well, let's just test the temperature of the water. Um, he will have found out it's red hot. Yeah. Rafa yeah. Benitez, look, I, I've never hidden the fact that I think he has been the most selfish individual mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. to work in the Premier League. Everything is about Benitez. Yeah. Nothing is about the club or the players or the collective. It's always, always about him. Mm. Everywhere he's been, that is the case. It was at Newcastle, yeah. which is why he constantly fell out with Mike Ashley mm-hmm. and left a legacy suggesting no one could follow him at that football club. Well, Steve Bruce has. Yes, and very well. And he's done as well as and better in yeah. two seasons. Yeah. Now, would Howard Kendall ever have considered managing Liverpool? No. Would Joe Royal? No. No chance. Harry Catterick? No. Would Shanks ever thought of managing? No. Evan? There are 
I, I get it that in a modern world we need to be more flexible yes. and that the, the loyalty that you and I believe exists in many different places perhaps doesn't mm -hmm. anymore. But there are still some things that can't be done. Benitez is anti-Everton. He, he, he flies in the face of everything that football club yeah. is about, in yeah. my view. Yeah. The collective, yeah. the community, the people's club. And Andy, yeah. he is adored on the other side of Stanley Park. That's fine. Now, Let him be so. Let him be adored there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Were he to get it, first derby, he, he loses by sitting in two banks of four. <laughs> Liverpool sweep Everton off the pitch. Come back, Agent Benitez, your work is oh, done. No, it I will can, never I end. I can imagine all those. I, I mean, there are so many alternatives. I'm not a Johnny-come-lately with Roberto Mancini. I've said no. for a long time, the Premier League misses him. Ask Roberto what he's doing at the end of the Euros. Mm -hmm. Sean Dyche, I know people laugh when I mention that name. I don't know why. Nobody trades better. Mm -hmm. What a record he's got in yeah, the Premier League. Duncan Ferguson, who, I mean, there's, there's somebody here in the mirror comments this morning. I'd rather see Duncan managers in the championship than I would Rafa <laughs> in the Premier League. That's the feeling. But Duncan, though. and if you think, well, well, maybe he needs help, have Roy Hodgson consult. Something of that nature. But don't, don't, you see, I know he's been to Liverpool, but that's not the same. Some, someone with, with an understanding mm -hmm. of, of people. Benitez hasn't got that. And I've said to you before about Benitez, if it had been... 10 years ago, then maybe you would understand some, and I, I say some Evertonians might think, oh, this boy's in the top of his top of his game here. He's at yeah, the top of his okay. trade. Yeah. You know, he might be able to help us if that's the case, but he's not. It's 10 years down the line. And and, and Rafa's effect on, on football teams has, has diminished over the years and what he can achieve there. Plus the fact, I, I sometimes, you know what I'm like, I don't like to be overcritical at times, but I really felt strongly about this. And so I did consult a lot of my mates you know, from Everton's most successful side ever. Because I think their, I thought their opinion will be important to mm. me and, and, and whether I am shaping the right opinion. And to a, to a player, 100% feel exactly the same as me. I haven't spoke to everybody, but everyone I've spoken to has agreed with me. They do not want to see Rafael Benitez as manager of Everton Football Club. Full stop. Mm. Now, I think there'll be one or two supporters that do, but I am... I'm sure, Richard, that the vast majority of Evertonians do not want Rafael Benitez as coach at Everton Football. One popular fan's website put it bluntly by stating, if this happens, we'd be beyond hashtag Rafa out. It would be hashtag Moshiri out. Yeah. Well, I hope he's dipped his toe in the water, felt, the, the, the as you say, the temperature of boiling point and quickly withdrew his toe and any kind of offer that might be forthcoming for Benitez is quickly withdrawn. A little bit, if we'd had a conversation about England, Scotland, a little bit like that. This mm. this, this conversation could be out of date by the time yeah. Uh, yeah, this podcast be. goes to air. But I, I, the thoughts are, are now on record and I, it would just mm. be wrong. If you want a young manager, Eddie Howe sitting on his backside, I know that probably wouldn't appeal to everybody, but at least Eddie's way, got Eddie an Howe's, idea. Eddie Howe's a better, a better shout than Rafa Benitez. Of course Come he on. is. I've heard Dave, uh, uh, Graham Potter's name mentioned. Graham Potter's a better shout than uh, Rafa Benitez. I, I'm telling you now, I've said to you, if they want, if they want time, and I, listen, I get that Ancelotti left him in the lurch, and that came as a huge surprise, and, and, and what do you do? You're, you're looking for a manager for, for a great club, and you don't think you need one. And then all of a sudden, within 24 hours, you're searching. So if they need some time, then Duncan's there. You know, say to Duncan, put him in charge and say, listen, I want you to go on with the job. Mm. You have full backing. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. We will be looking around. If a suitable 
we feel a suitable experienced coach comes out, we may well look to him. But go and do it. And if you if you get the job done, and if you're doing it well, who's to say we need a new coach? Mm. Now, I, that would have been a much better option to me than going down the Rafa Benitez route. I'm sorry, I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I really don't. Speaking to the Spanish press this week, uh, Sergio Ramos said the offer, which was acceptable, had a, 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 a sell-by date on it. So uh, they informed us a week ago that the option had run out. So quite know what happened. No one told me. Do you think we take that seriously, Sergio? I would have Come stayed, on. but the offers run out. That's nonsense. All, all, all Senor Perez has to do is to say, uh, see that offer we made? It's back on the table. Yeah, exactly. Do you I mean, how stupid that? do they think we are? Uh. Honestly. It's <laughs> um, Friday morning. Um, this story will, will quickly develop. And, and again, we may be uh, a pace behind it, but UEFA for threatening... Uh, to pull the Euros out of London, the semis and the final, because they've got 2,500 designated VIPs that they want to attend mm -hmm. these games. Mm -hmm. They will not probably be vaccinated. They certainly are not going to into a lockdown scenario. And they're saying that unless the British government is more flexible on this, uh -huh. we're going to take the finals to and the semis to Hungary, where we will play in front of full stadiums. Don't know if that's the reason they're saying it, that they want now people more people to, to attend or, have, or not. But, I have but to if, say. But if the British government capitulate on this, why didn't they for the Champions League final? Well, well, well why didn't they when I went back four weeks ago? I fully vaccinated, negative test, yeah. and I had to sit in a hotel for 11 days at my own expense. Come off it. I know. And, then, and you and I are sitting here now, and if the Euro's finish and, and we want to go back to the UK to see our family and see our friends in three weeks' time or two and a half weeks' time, even though we've both been fully vaccinated, multiple no, negative you're right. tests, we can't even get into the bloody country. You're absolutely right. And yet they're letting two and a half thousand. I'll tell you what I'd, I'd do anyway. I would take it away from Wembley and, and, and play the semi-finals and final. Did you see that atmosphere in Hungary the other night? In Budapest? Oh, fabulous. Oh, it was magnificent, yeah. Richard. And that's why I'm wondering... Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you put it there? Well, I, I, I'm wondering whether this has become an issue because they would quite like to do that. Well, why wouldn't you? It's a no-brainer. Yeah. So we're going to be talking today about... Uh, individuals who are in some ways um, more important to football these days than the superstars. Um, these guys are in their own profession. Uh, I, I, I would add that very quickly. Um, Fans? No, <laughs> no. Paul Burgess, here's a name, Paul, Paul Burgess. Burgess. Um, poached from Arsenal. Oh. Poached from Arsenal by Real Madrid. Uh, his career started at Blackpool. Okay. Uh, highest profile acquisition so far, Jonathan Calderwood, who joined Paris Saint-Germain from Aston Villa. Ah, got you. In 2013. we met him. Yes. You and I have met him. A, yes. man, a man described by Gerard Houllier as the world's best. Yeah. Uh, these boys are quietly making a name for themselves. They, they don't necessarily want to be identified. No. Some have, and I, two, two names I've just given you. Yeah. Um, the, the, these guys are... Sports turf experts. Yeah. The old-fashioned one would have been groundsman. <laughs> no, well, it would have been, wouldn't it? Yes. An updated version of that would be grounds person. Grounds person, sorry, sorry. But yes, the, these guys are the engineers yes. that go to delivering the beautiful pitches that our boys play on. That You know, I, I mean, it, in some ways, Andy, this is so obvious. Um, and yet in others, we, we've, we've really not considered it. Um, uh, Calderwood, for instance, when arriving in Paris, mm -hmm. which is where we met him yes, in, 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 recently, uh, he said to me uh, that, that uh, the Parisians had an injury list 
the length of your army says a more stable pitch would start to solve that problem um, but there was a more tactical reason for signing Calderwood uh, says the author of this article who we're about to speak to before his arrival the pitch was slow bobbly unpredictable for the kind of high-tempo passing mm -hmm. game played mm -hmm. by most mm -hmm. of Europe's elite mm -hmm. teams. The owners realized that it wasn't about buying 11 world-class players, says Calderwood. They needed things behind them to allow them to work. One of the main things, of course, was the pitch. Absolutely. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? Total sense. But but the, the science that goes into it is you. both baffling and fascinating. And although this may sound a dry subject, trust me, stay with us now, because we're going to introduce you to our guest, who's... Um, well, first, a number of things about this. The long read, it's entitled, it's in The Guardian on a regular basis. 5,000 words made available to the journalist wow. who is contributing to the long read. That, in newspaper terms, is a massive number of words. That's a book to me. <laughs> yes, in some ways <laughs> it is. So uh, research required, you need to know what you're talking about, and I, I don't on this subject, but no. our guest this week does. So our guest is the Guardian writer, William Ralston, okay. who, I, when I read this piece this week, Andy, I just, I, I, I actually read it twice. Right. You say 5,000 words is a book. I read it twice, <laughs> so I read 10,000 words. Because yeah, the first books. time, I, I just thought, wow. Uh -huh. um, read it a second time and started to try to absorb it. But there's so much there. William, how are you? I'm very good, thank you very much. Enjoying, enjoying um, the reaction to the article. Obviously, it was a lot of work. It was, um, it was in, in the pipeline for about two years. Was it really? Um, so yeah. Did you well, expect? I'm oh, sorry, well, carry on. Carry on. I was I, just going I to had say... the idea a while ago to, to write it. Um, I think I had the idea with David, who's the, uh, the editor of the Long Reader over at the Guardian, who's absolutely fantastic. Um, who you know, a lot of credit was given to him. He was absolutely wonderful in editing, editing this article. Um, but we had the idea about. Um, about yeah, about just before the Euros last year, I read a small news article about Jonathan Calderwood, who who is obviously um, at the start of the piece, and and you know I thought isn't that interesting that the, the Brits are so fantastic at something, and I love the idea of there being this transfer market between groundsmen, this <laughs> yeah. overlooked part of the so part of the you know. And then I dug dug deeply into it, and he's been covered so he you know he is for lack of a better word a, a real celebrity in France. I mean. Um, on the day that we spoke, he told me that yeah, he was late for the conversation. I think because he'd just been stopped for a um, he'd just been stopped at the petrol station filling out his car uh, by by somebody asking him for a photo. And I was thinking, this is absolutely bizarre. You know, you just don't imagine these people being um, being being celebrities, and he wasn't. So I started, you know, digging deep into it, and then I spoke to UEFA, who were again fantastic. The article. I mean, they don't really grant very much access to journalists but the, you know um the guys over there were, were, were very supportive of this and they started to tell me all about how this consultancy thing works and groundsman and all this sort of thing and, and then one of the key things the key turning point in the article and working out that we wanted to do it was finding out that that UEFA had assigned 12 pitch, uh, pitch consultants to each of the pitches for the Euros and every single one of them was, was, was well they're all English I think apart from one Richard Hayden um who is who is Irish <laughs> and I was just like, that's. A, I mean, that's a. It's a very clear, clear uh, exhibition of um of you know Britain's excellence in this well, field. Pardon the pun. Um, I, I, you talk about the reaction. Let let, let me help you there. The Times uh, regurgitated the article yeah, with yeah. a credit, in fairness, to the Guardian. Good. The Daily Mirror two yeah. days later followed up and didn't. So so we yeah. we need to admonish them. 
Um, but it, yeah. I, I mean, everybody really has. Now you talk about the English grounds management sector. Um, your article, mm. William, says it's it, it's uh, it's valued at more than one billion and employs 27,000 people with wow. specialists in every area from yeah. seed enthusiasts who breed grasses that grow in various different shades. I mean, how, how scientific actually <laughs> does it get? Um, I mean, it's phenomenally scientific. I mean, one of, my, one of the great experiences writing the article was, I mean, I, I knew it was scientific because I'd done my research before I started looking into it. But I mean... Um, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I started piecing it together. David Mattis at The Guardian gave me the green light to go and research it, obviously, a year later because the Euros were cancelled. We wanted to land before the Euros, obviously. And then I went, one of, the, one of the first trips I did, I went to Anfield to go and see uh, the big head browns in there. And they, they obviously relayed their pitch in 2000, before the 2017-18 season. And, you know, after that, they won, like, I think they won 46 of their 51 next season. Now. So that's crazy, the fact that it has such a big upturn in results because Jurgen Klopp was complaining that the pitch was too slow. Yeah. And I thought, this is having really real impact. And then, anyway, I went up to uh, the STRI, which is the Sports Research Institute, which is this, it's on a sort of hill in the middle of North Yorkshire. And I didn't know what to expect. I was, uh, and I, at this time, I had no idea. Of, I was, uh, you know, these articles, you spend months trying, it's like an iceberg, you spend months just absorbing this knowledge and then you have to sort of whittle it down to, well, to 5,000 words. It was originally 10. Um, whittle, then, it uh, whittle it down. My whittle goodness. it down. Whittle it down to 5,000 words. about a year to write 5,000 words. Honestly, there can't be another journalist other than those uh, signed to the long read uh -huh. that has 5,000 words, William. I mean, come on. That, that Andy said earlier that's yeah. a book. <laughs> it's, it's not a book. I mean, long-form journalism is not... It, 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 you know, it's a field of journalism that's very rich in the United States. It's not very, not very common over here. And the Guardian Long Read is one of the few one of the few places that does it really well. I mean, um, there is a, um, so yeah, I went to the Sports Turf Research Institute and I did three interviews, one of, the, one of, one of which was the head of consultancy. Then I spoke to one of the, one of the consultants who was working with UEFA on, I think, the Copenhagen Stadium. And then the third, the third guy I spoke to was a person called um, Dr. Christian Spring. Firstly, he's a doctor in turf, which is, I was fascinated to, to begin with. Yeah. But he took me on a tour and he basically, basically one of, he took me to his laboratory and one of the things he was testing was the infiltration rates of sand. So, I mean, it, that sounds quite boring to the majority, but it was literally yes, it adding water to sand and then working out how quickly, timing how quickly it passed through the sand because one of the things that's really changed in pictures between the 70s and 80s and the baseball ground at Derby and then, you know, you had... TPR, I remember it well, William, bad. I remember it well, yeah. the baseball ground. Yeah, it was that they, they didn't drain very well and there was a famous incident in 1971, I think it was, was when... Um, City were playing Derby, and then uh, the, the penalty spot disappeared, and the yes, right. goalkeeper had painter. to walk out and paint the spot. <laughs> yes, that's and right. That is yeah. true. But also, you're too young, William. Cluffy used to put water on that pitch on purpose. He did in this series of podcasts. We've spoken to Tony Poulos, yeah. who talked about the preparation of pitches when yeah. when he was a manager, and he said we used yeah. to grow the grass long to suit us because when we went to Manchester, yeah. Liverpool, and Tottenham, and Arsenal, they they prepared a pitch to suit them. Now we we've laughed at people like Arsene Wenger in the last decade saying yeah. oh it should all be cut to the same length but actually yeah. it is other than a pitch in manchester i read where Ooh. pep guardiola wanted his to be at 19 millimeter in line with yeah. ultra fast pitchers but but at barca and bayern munich but was told no 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 it's got yeah. to be 23 this is five, yeah. five four millimeters four, four millimeters difference. it's got to be 23 because yeah. the cold climate in manchester I, 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 means it can't recover yeah. four millimeters yeah 
I actually heard it was shorter than that. I mean, one source told me who's in who's inside at City told me that it was actually seventeen, but they, that, but I don't know. <laughs> cool. I couldn't fact check it. This is um, a millimeter between. This, this, this is surreal. Guardiola is the attacking football. You know, yeah. it's, it's phenomenal. Um, one source but, yeah, told me. There are loads me, of but... stories. One of the things that we missed in the article was we couldn't put it in because it stymied the flow too much. It was essentially talking about um, how they did prepare the victims in the olden days. Like there was a story of um, uh, Andy Gray at Lampton, basically who. Um, Basically, he's head of head of uh, groundsmanship at St George's Park, so he's playing a picture for, for England at the moment. And he told me that when he's at Southampton, Southampton was a, was a very rich club for this. There was a guy, Dave Roberts, who's now at Liverpool. He 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 then um, had two assistants, Carl Stanley, who's now at Wembley, and then there's Andy Gray, who's now um, at St George's Park. So that was a very rich um, lineage, let's say. But anyway, he told me how how Gordon Strachan came. Um, he was a manager at the time, and he insisted on cutting the cutting the pitch. Leading it at like you know like 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 a bush, I think he was the word he said uh, to make sure to, to stop to stop uh, United and Ferguson coming in and steamrolling them. And it was yeah. the only time that they won they won one nil. And I think Ferguson complained about it. So they did do that. Nowadays they 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 can't. The, the pitches are quite heavily standardised. Um, and ultimately is that there is a there is a funny we're at a funny little pivot now where ultimately the pitches have become so good now. And um, and actually. They're, yeah, they 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 are struggling now to um to make them much better. I mean, they're, they're, they're like snooker well, tables, you know, nowadays. I mean, uh, they they literally. I mean, let's let's start one or two of these fascinating uh, descriptions. What 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 are micro moles? That that's the level of light in the I the level of light in effect in the stadium. Uh, the, the Wembley is essentially very very dark. I'm sure you guys have broken in there. It's, even even when I, I went in there before the FA Cup final three days before, and it was dark. I mean, it was it's impossible to get the the, the lights to grow. And so they have one of the great things that um, that uh, one of the Arsenal groundsmen did was that, that they essentially you're tricking the seed into thinking it's summer, so you'll bring in uh, lights um, to to put over the pitch to basically yeah. you know to encourage. To, and they're, they're one of the reasons the pitches have become so bad now is that chairman of clubs can't afford them. They run, I can't remember how much it is now, but one of the statistics I heard is it's like two and a half grand a week or something. It's, good, it's a lot of money. So the lower league clubs can't afford to do this a lot of the time because of no, no, no ticket revenue. So one of the reasons that the, the clubs are struggling, they have struggled this season, was because they, 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 cut, they cut corners on the, on the electricity. Um, but you've also so yeah, got in Wembley. William, you, you, I, you, 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 in your article, you also talk about these giant wind machines. So you've got light. You're replicating yeah. wind. Wind machine. You're though. creating. You're creating yeah. the circumstances in which grass wants to grow. I've seen this. I've yeah. seen the light machines, but I've never seen the no, wind machines. No, me. But the apparently they, these they are, are now quite common wow. at the top end. Yeah, one of the funny things about it was that when I was recording, I went went to Wembley and did the interview, I, and I followed uh, Dale Frith, who was absolutely wonderful for the article again. Uh, he's the Wembley consultant um, who's working with Carl Stanley, who was a, he was a, a former um, head grounds at Fleetwood Town, I think it was. Um, absolutely great, great, uh, you know, great personality. Um, extremely good at what he does. Uh, studied at Myersco, which is one of the, the great schools in this in in, in turf care. Um, I think people come from abroad to study at it because it's you know it's again it's like the Silicon Valley of turf. <laughs> and um, and one of the things I was interviewing him was that at the same time I was interviewing him, I was walking over the pitch and he had these fixed fans growing over. So every single like ten meters you walked, you just got blown in the face, and it was all it was really difficult. But yeah, they they all do that. And I went to West Ham to go and spend the day at the Olympic, the, um, the London Stadium. With uh, Anthony Stones, who was the former head groundsman at uh, Stade de France, and he's now working there. And yeah, they have them everywhere because um, you have to remember that, that, like, preparing a pitch at like St George's Park, where there's no stadium, 
it's very, very different to yeah. preparing it at Wembley where you essentially got, you know, you, you, you're essentially in a, in a microclimate. And the stadiums have got bigger. The groundsman's jobs have actually got harder because mm. that they are they are they are essentially fabricating the environment that grass needs to grow. So um, yeah, that, that that that's a really you know. So they, they have to come up with these artificial techniques essentially. One of which is the the, the, the light. One of which is the um, the, uh, and the, the, the 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 wind too. So yeah, they they are they are, they are, they are let, fabricating everything. Let me quote the whole, uh, process. William. You wrote this, so you'll know. But let let, let me quote this back mm. to you and uh, enlighten others. Uh, I just want to read this whole paragraph. Surface hardness should be between seventy and ninety mm. gravities a measurement of how quickly a hammer decelerates on impact. If it's too soft, players will tire too quickly. If it's too hard, the risk of injury increases and the ball will bounce too high. The grass, which should be between 24 mil and 28, must be cut in straight lines across the pitch, perpendicular to the touchline. Even the dimensions of the penalty spot and the centre circle are specified, 200 mil and 240 millimetres in diameter, mm. respectively. Wow. And his yeah. face is a uh, well, I, so we, you, I mean, so I mean, does, does that mean the groundsman? Sorry, carry on. I'm just going to say, well, does that mean the groundsman can't cut the grass any way they like then? Make all these fancy patterns yeah, no. on it? No, that, that got outlawed by the Premier League last okay. year. But UEFA, these bodies, FIFA, UEFA, and whoever it is, it might be different in the Bundesliga, it might be different in Spain, but the Premier League um, outlaws that and how they. I think they outlawed it last year because I think John Ledwidge at, City, at uh, Leicester, who's one yeah, of these new breed scientific yeah. yeah. was basically cutting it in really funny patterns in the Premier League bandit because grass has two sides, a dark side and a, and a light side. And essentially, the way you, way you cut it, you can essentially change the way it looks. And they were they were doing all these funny patterns. It looked great, but UEFA insists on it being cut that way. So, so if you look at all the pictures for the Euros now, is that they all have... You know, they all have the same pattern on them. It's just about standardisation, making it look presentable on television. Grass has um, two sides. I thought grass, I thought a line was left by the mower. Mower, yeah. But you're saying grass actually no, has two it's, colours. It's, it's, the way that, it's the way that the grass is leaning down. It's, it's, it, I, I, I can't remember the exact, size, the exact size behind it, but grass has two sides. So <laughs> essentially, which way you cut it will, will either be a light, a light green or a dark green, and that's the way that they present that got cut. That got cut from the outcut. How, how yeah, you, how, yeah. William, how do you mention uh, 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 measure gravities? Yeah, that was, that was... that's 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 called a clegg hammer. So basically, I mean, it's it's a they're, they're, it's a very funny set of equipment. Some of it looks really scientific, like really from the future. I think the line I used was like a torture sort of future. It looks quite scary. It's intimidating. And you know? some of them are some of them like to measure the infiltration rate for example there's like a bean can without the ends cut off and you'll essentially just just put it on the on the ground fill it with water and measure how long that water takes to disappear um but it's it's mind-blowing but it but it it's mind-blowing but it's critically important as well and there's, oh, yeah. when you that's talk what, about yeah, a transfer market know, william yeah. it, it's not just a transfer market S some of them operate like uh, MI5. They don't want to talk to yeah. you, do they? They don't want you to know what they're doing. They, the secrets. But they are. They, they are very. Um, one of the great. One of the problems with this piece, um, as, as Dave Meadows will, is that it actually is not very easy. I mean, some of them wanted to talk, but some of them really did not want to talk at all. <laughs> and um, and it, take, it took me a long time to sort of have them warm up to me to be able to get, show the actual. I mean, firstly, like the science behind it. Some of them are very willing to show you the science behind it, and it's very scientific. It's very technical and. Some of them are very, very, you know, some of them are great in one thing and not great in another, and they all have their different attributes, for example, which, again, you know, got cut. Like, some of them, some of the consultants, for example, are very, are like, degree-trained um, in, in agronomy, so they're, so they're, they're fully-trained, degree-trained agronomists. So they, they've gone to university and they've studied plant science and life science Amazing. or whatever it may be, 
And some of them are, for example, they will be they'll they'll have been a groundsman and then they'll have moved into consultancy. In which case they'll they'll know the um they'll know they'll be they'll be better trained in manual labour, but they haven't got the same scientific education as in an NDQ, for example. Of and there's no snobbery from the people who are very scientifically trained who to have become you know against these people who are becoming consultants um, when they haven't actually got the same degree of education. So there's like polluting of the consultancy. Um, uh, you know, the uh, consultancy sphere, because consultancy and ground are two very, very different jobs. I mean, they're, they're, they are interlinked and, uh, you know, they are both preparing turf, but a groundsman is essentially, you know, working on one site. One of the great things I said about Jed and the Peach was that, um, is that you have this, you have Dale Frith, who's this uh, guy from Blackpool, who's working on Wembley, and, you know, he was working at the FA Cup finals, and he was really, you know, for the, you know obviously work on the, on the, on the, Wem- on the Euros final too. And in the middle of our, in the middle of our, um, you know, our, our time together is work on a school in St. Helens whose pitch wasn't training correctly. And you're thinking that the, the, the level of the, the, the scope of your job, that nothing is below them, so to yeah. speak, you know, it's fascinating to think that they are, they are doing uh, such a range of jobs. So, so who is, if, if, if we've got Ronaldo and Messi have dominated over the last decade yeah. on the pitch, who is, who, yeah. is the, who is the world's best? Who's the one that everybody wants to go and get? Calderwood, Jonathan Calderwood at PSG is the one that definitely um, is the is the he is he is the, the, the peak of it. I would say. I mean, he's done an amazing job um, at Paris Saint Germain. Uh, there's a gentleman at Paul Burgess who was at Real Madrid, became a director of groundsman. I don't know what his title was now, but he went to Real Madrid and was was it was infamously uh, infamously good too. But I mean, um, Steve Paddock, the guy I mentioned in the piece, was the was the, the, the pivotal turning point in this whole revolution. Let's say. I mean. When pitches were, when you had the baseball ground, you know, in those years, um, Steve Braddock got the job at, um, at Arsenal. Um, George Graham gave him the job um, at Arsenal. And he got the job by accident. That's the funniest thing about He's got cut again. He didn't mean to get the job. The guy, uh, Steve Braddock, who is an absolutely wonderful chap, and I can't talk more highly about him. He's extremely, extremely dedicated to what he does. He, um, he, was, working, he was working in a field, apparently, or working at the Veterinary College in London. That's right. He got the job through his mother because because he had failed um, uh, uh, an aptitude test to become a fireman. And he was working at the veterinary college. He had no idea how to play grass at all. And he played the pictures so well that George Graham went down there one day, saw the pictures and offered him a job. And, um, and to offer Steve Braddock the job, he had to call Steve Braddock's mum because Steve didn't have a first time. And then so Steve went down to the interview, got the job, and that's it. And then Arsenal's pictures just became second to none in the Premier League because it was did, just in fairness, they did. so dedicated. They did, yeah. they were. Well, listen, William, can once I, can again... Can I ask, well, oh, yeah. I, have we reached a stage with these... With these I, I don't know what you call them. I was saying to Richard, the old-fashioned word would be grounds person, wouldn't it, now? Yeah. Have we reached yeah. a stage where these guys have a transfer market value? <laughs> no, I mean uh, that. I, I, you know, I, I, let's I, say I, Jonathan Calderwood. I, what would it cost you to get yeah. Jonathan Calderwood out of Paris Saint-Germain? <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would. I, I don't know. I mean, there are always rumours about what he was being paid, which, which I respect him. I won't say, but I mean, it was. I think that that, that might, might well come. Maybe the article will drive that. I mean, yeah, it, it's just, it's just, it's a very British thing. It's one of the funny things about Coldwood is that they call him the English, uh, the English gardener, Longley Jardinier, and it's so disrespectful because he's not a gardener. He's not a gardener. He's like, I'm not a gardener. I'm a groundsman. But groundsman does not exist in France. So there is no job for that. You are. You are a gardener, and as uh, Arnaud uh, Calderwood's assistant told me, is that 
the grass in France is just a place where you go and you know you go and have a barbecue. And it's a pretty really disrespectful <laughs> thing. Of, you know, they pay them all this money and they they they, they put them on billboards and adverts and stuff like this, and they still call them a gardener. And he's like, I'm not a, I'm not a gardener. And it's in everywhere else in the world is really far behind. And um, there's a, there's another story I must tell you, which Richard Hayden, who was the other consultant, who is phenomenally you know he's excellent. He's the guy that. He's the guy that worked on the FIFA World Cup in 2010. Basically, Sepp Blatter asked him personally to go out to the World Cup in 2010. He was working at Rustenburg in England uh, for the England training base. And, and, um, and at the time, um, he didn't really know who Sepp Blatter was at the time. And, um, and uh, he, he, was, he was mowing the lawn one day and Sepp Blatter came to visit the England training base. And this was a time when England's training base was, when the World Cup in South Africa, everyone was talking about how bad uh, the pitches were. I'm sure you'll both remember. Yeah. And um and he went over and Seth, Seth Blatter came over and he didn't know who Seth Blatter was at the time. And he, and um and Seth Blatter asked him directly, like, what do you think of the pitches? And typically Irish and bold, he just said, oh, they're awful. <laughs> and the FA, they'll hate me for saying this, uh, apparently were about to fire him because he was rude to Seth Blatter. And he was at the airport the next day and Seth Blatter, assistant, rang him and said, can you be the, can you be the consultant on the FIFA pitches? And then, of course, this guy spent the whole time of the South Africa World Cup on a right. private jet with, uh, with with FIFA, FIFA executives flying across the flying across the country, preparing the pictures. And at the final, um, you know, this incident, I think you think there's a YouTube video, I believe, of, of one of the FIFA executives coming up to him and hugging him, saying, "Thank you very much for saving the World Cup." And they called him the pitch <laughs> doctor and everything. You know, that's, that's, amazing. That, that's how when it changed. It is amazing. Yeah, but he has no idea. He has no idea who, who the FIFA executives was. He said he was on a plane with that blast and he had no idea who this guy was. And I love the idea of this, these two worlds meeting, you know. <laughs> I, I, I wonder, I wonder uh, who's in charge of Qatar's pitches for next year, for next, um, next World well, Cup. Go on. That is, um, I don't know. I don't know how it works. FIFA does the same thing. That, FIFA, since, since that World Cup, has done the same thing. They've always um, hired a, a team's consultants. Uh, similar to what UEFA does, that they have a consultant who works the grounds. And essentially, oversees their job. It's like an, um, it's like an independent. It's just a way of yeah. checking that they're doing. They're doing Wh- whoever their work. it is, whoever it is at this stage, we're not going to find out. That's the William. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's a, thank it was you a much brilliant time, read. Thank you to the world's greatest thank newspaper. You, just one last thing before you go. When when you go forward, sure. if you speak to anybody else, would you please not describe the seventies and eighties as the olden days? Yeah, thanks. And Andy yeah. and I remember <laughs> them very well. I do. Uh, yeah. the, the golden days. Yeah. I think what we meant to say. We would prefer that. Unfortunately, I don't remember those. No, you don't. We know you don't need to rub it in. Thank you very much, William. Brilliant work. Brilliant piece. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Bye-bye. Brilliant. I mean, the whole thing, Andy, is mind-boggling, isn't it? It, it, oh, ridiculous. it really is. But but we all do now. Look, we look at that pitch, whichever it is that, that, that yeah. is being played upon at that, and we all go, wow, yeah. beautiful. And they are, and they don't mark. They don't mark. Largely. That, that's why I've always said the, the goal scorers that slide to the flag on their knees, leaving a a trail yeah. behind the the, the, the grounds, per, the technicians, whatever we want to call them, they must be no, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I think that they, they look so good and they're so perfect. They almost look artificial. Yes, well, they almost look at almost some of that. Some of there's that a lot of art. Uh, yes, I yeah. know that. But we are we are again. I wonder if again we're arriving. Closer and closer to no. the stage. I hope not. No, because that, uh, William in his article elsewhere yeah, does on. also cover that. That you, you go back to an era when QPR had Correct. a plastic pitch, literally. It. I mean, tarmac and a carpet. That was ridiculous. Luton did it. Uh, others have. Um, Sutton United have dug one up 
in order that they can play in the football league next year. No, I think we've moved away from that. What about 4G? I thought 4G was the, the, the new Well, I think, it, I think they're just so good, Andy, uh, now that you don't need to go down that road. No, it, 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 it's beautiful, but it's great to hear that the Brits are at the forefront yes, of this technology. Jonathan Calderwood, <laughs> yes. the ex-Aston Villa man. And, I mean, what, what, it was extraordinary when we went to the training ground yeah. and you recognised him immediately, yeah. obviously, he, you. Yeah. And, and the next minute we're talking to a groundsman in Paris about grass. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, fair play to him. Good luck to him. I just say, um, how come the training ground at Bodymore Heath was so rubbish then, Jonathan, when I was... <laughs> if you're listening, Jonathan, Sorry, we're only joking. well done. Congratulations. Yeah. Listen to all of you guys in that business. Um, it, it's uh, it's terrific work that you're doing, and we're all, all of us, players, they made them so perfect more than us. In my day, so chance would come across a penalty area and you'd, you'd smash it over the bar from six yards or something. You'd go, what happened there? How did you miss that? Bubbled. It bubbled. <laughs> bubbled up just as I had well, it doesn't, it doesn't anymore. But it's also true that Cluffy used to put water on that pitch Aye. because Derby could deal with it. Yeah. So if, if, if he was playing one of the big boys, Tony would grow the grass. We so know that. slow it down. So it, just, so it became a bog. Yeah. And you couldn't deal with it. Brilliant. Brilliant. Great. Uh, anyway. I missed a um, final because of that Derby pitch. You did. Twisted yeah, an ankle. Twisted a bloody ankle. <laughs> Bloody final, should say. In, in, in 90 seconds, what can we look forward to, do you think, beyond this point at the Euros? Forget the specifics, yeah, in specific, general terms. In general terms, I think we can look forward to uh, continued excitement. I'm hoping that the attitude the teams seem to have come in with, the vast majority of them, to, to not spend too much time in their own half, passing mm. across the back, but go forward and actually try and win football matches. I hope that continues throughout the knockout stages. Um the big boys all look like they're going to get through. So we're going to have 16 teams there eventually where you're going to find the big boys that are all there. I don't, I, I can't think of any surprises that we're going to see. Well, we're going to, we might, well, we're not going to lose uh, Portugal, Germany or, or, or France. They're all going to get through uh, either first, second or third. One would imagine. But one of the big ones there, I'm thinking of Germany, should they not beat Portugal or get something against Portugal, they might find themselves struggling to get through as a, as a best third place team. So we might lose a big one, but not many. Um, but excitement, give us as, as much excitement as we've had. It's been good. Goal mouth action, which has been good. I think fans, Richard, although there are a group that love to see a, a keep ball session, fans are getting are enjoying this because we are seeing attempts at goal, saves being made, chances being created. And I think if those that continues, I think we'll have a fabulous knockout stages. Mm. I mean, I, I, on air at B, and I keep referring back to the last World Cup. I, 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 listen, I'm, memory may have, um, have not be correct, but I, I seem to recall a really drab mm. 10 days. And, and we left work every day going, oh, come on, when are we going to see a football match? Totally opposite this time. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I and think that, it's been and brilliant. I think because now, I mean, now you'd, you'd probably look at it, a lot of the groups, if it was uh, eight groups, let's say a four, and the top two were getting through. Third and fourth place teams would pretty much be decided by now. They're not. No. So six, 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 four. Four out of the six. Third place teams are going to get through. Mm. So these games right up to the very last kick of the last uh, group stages mean something. And somebody is going to go out in the last five minutes of the last game and someone's going to go through in the last five minutes of the last game in the group stages. But thank you to our friends at ACAST for welcoming us yes. in the manner that they have. Yes, uh, we'll to try you to do our best. For listening, we will continue to do our best, yes, Andy, yes. not try. Oh, yeah. thank, thank you also for, yeah, for, 
for listening. Tell your mates now you found us. If you have just found us, uh, there are plenty more like this in the series. Go back and listen. You'll find some terrific tales. You can get in touch with us at Insta and Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, Keys and Grey Pod, Keys A-N-D Pod, and we very much look forward to spending time with you. So at least all your favourites, by the way, before we go. I, I've, I have enjoyed watching them as much as and more than anybody. I, mm-hmm. the, the change in attitude of the mm-hmm. Italian team. There's an example. Team attitude change. From, yeah. from, and it, by the way, if you want a team to, to win 1-0, I'd still back them. Oh, I would. But it's... it's Lovely to see them playing football in the opponent's defensive half. Get up there and play and create things. And, I, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've really warmed to them this time. I, I wouldn't be able to say that at previous tournaments, but I, I, I love the way they've been There's playing. There's one forever, I wonder. I said that, Mancini, Mancini. Well, I mean, loves the North West, loves the Premier loves League. Loves the Premier League. Oh, come on. Won the title with Mancini. If you've really got money, Mashiri, and you've really got ambition that you want to put Everton in amongst the big boys again, mm-hmm. There's your man, not Rafa Benitez. Well, we started Rafa, we finished Rafa. Let's hope Rafa's not coming. See you next week. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.